Did you uh, listen to the last episode? No, no. Not as good as the first one. Not as one. good as the first one. Even, even, even talking to my friend, my, my, the yeah. New Zealand friend, uh, and we were talking, and he was saying the same thing. Yeah, man, you gotta just flow, you know? He listened to the first one. First one was way better. Yeah, I think the second better. one was we were preparing too much, and I think there was just too much information. It, you know what I mean? Like, we were like, there was so much to say, and I think because we planned so much and everything else, and... I was kind of looking at my laptop and yeah, you're looking at your phone, looking at the phone yeah. and then we were kind of mixing up some of the things and I think that was what the problem was. I kept saying, uh-uh-uh a lot, so <laughs> I want to try. Because we try to remember what we wanted to, want yeah. to say. You yeah. know? So, so that's why we say, uh-uh-uh. And that's why, that's why I messaged you and said, okay, we're going to do episode three right away and, and kind of fix this. Um, so hopefully, episode three, we're recording right now. So um, welcome everyone to the Fight Club Asia. Um, I'm... Roman Kibe, and I'm with my co-host. Lucas Gallo, one more time, man. Yeah, man. So, um, good weekends. Do you have a ritual when you kind of watch a UFC fight? So, for example, for me, on a Sunday, I wake up around, like, let's say, 9-ish. And typically, 9-ish is when the prelims are almost over. So, I kind of just sit on my sofa, coffee, and just lie there and watch UFC until, like, 2 o'clock. And then I watch the post-fight as well. Look, I used to have... Actually, I have morning rituals every morning, but on Sundays, like, is the day that I don't have. I just wake up and then go straight to watch UFC. Yeah. Like, first thing is, like, I'm on my back. The TV is right in front, so I just turn it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I wake up morning, you know, like, let's go, let's watch. But anyways, uh, it's something that I feel in Brazil that I miss it. Back in Brazil, the fights are always, like, late. Saturday night, like late Saturday night, oh. you know, so every every Saturday night, I was not even inviting my friends anymore, people were just showing up at my place, yeah. you know, like, people just like, hey, I'm here, you know, let's watch, a lot of people, I remember, still remember Anderson Silva versus Vitor Belfort was one of the biggest fights in Brazil. Oh, was that the one we knocked him out? With yeah, front with the front oh, kick. No, Vitor Belfort at that time was, like, much more famous than, than Anderson, Vitor Belfort was very famous, mm. but anyways, I remember, like, 40 people at my place. It's an event. Right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's an event. Yeah, it's an event. Yeah, it's Saturday yeah. night. You know, people who don't go out. Even even the clubs were uh, streaming the the the, TV, the 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 fights that day. Really? Yeah. Night yeah, clubs, I think in everything. Hong Kong because it's in the morning and in the afternoon, it's such a hassle to kind of yeah. get up, get change, and then go to a bar or, or meet a couple of people and this and that because it's it's you're tired, right? Yeah. And um, the fact that you can just have it on your sofa. Uh, and watch it, and you can watch it in your own time. That's kind of my ritual. Um, and what a weekend of fights. I mean, first of all, if you're a betting man, we're so sorry <laughs> because we clearly picked the wrong person to win. Um, and, uh, and it's not just us too. I mean, like yeah. every single analyst, right? And we're not saying we're, we're analysts, but I think most UFC fans, or at least people that are in the know, really picked the Korean Zombie. The Korean to Zombie. Win. Um, and the odds were not that bad. The odds, it was paying, I think, 1.5. Korean oh, yeah. Zomi was not that bad. Analyzing, I, I like betting. It wasn't, for me, it wasn't a good, wasn't a bad one. I mean, it, it was just across the board, most people had Zombie winning. Um, I think the biggest takeaway, and obviously we're going to spend a lot of the time talking about the fight itself, was how much... Ortega improved. Improve. Crazy. I mean, we talk about levels, right? Ortega leveled up at least two or three yeah. in this fight. Um, so what are your thoughts on it? I was impressed. How good he is a softball right now? It's he not the f- yeah, 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 yeah. It's not the first time he fought a softball. 
even the last fight against against uh, uh, Max Holler, he did a couple times even before, but this time he the movements were more flew, you know, like he was flowing and soft boy. Yeah, 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 yes. He was flowing and so he knew what he was what he was doing. Correct. You know, so he was very mature. Very mature. Uh, he took his time. He took his time like off. He, I think in his typical fights earlier on before the Holloway one, you know, with Frankie Edgar, for example, and Cubs Swanson, he was quite the aggressor. Um, it was like he wanted to finish off the fight straight away, whether it's in the stand-up or whether it yeah. was kind of submission or taking on the ground. Um, what I thought that was really impressive was he was switching a lot, the stances, and also like he was using his kicks a lot to great effect. And he didn't do that before. Yeah. Like, really good. Zombie, on the other hand, I felt he was quite confused. I, I think he was... That's the word, confused. He wasn't, he wasn't expecting fighting that type of fighter. That's no, the thing. I think he was training for yeah. someone that was going to really attack Maybe trying... Yeah, more trying try go going for, for grappling. Yeah, I yeah. agree with you. Uh, everyone, you know, including the Korean Zombie, just was so surprised at how composed he was. Um, what was interesting as well is his face. You know, he was reaching for the for the leg to pretend to take him down mm-hmm. with the lead leg. Cause, uh, Even zo- touching it with the hand. Sometimes yeah, the, the zombie was quite heavy on the lead leg. Yeah. Um, and what was interesting was how zombie didn't switch plans. He kind of just stuck to the same yeah. game plan, which is kind of push forward, um, heavy on the lead leg, um, was moving side to side, trying to find an opening because typically I think zombie uses his left or right hooks, um, didn't happen. Yeah. And the first round, I thought it was sort of even. They were kind of feeling each other out. Um, Zon- um, Wait, but I gave the five, the, the five rounds were taken. Oh, he won yeah, every yeah, single yeah, one. Yeah, because yeah. he even got a, t- uh, a takedown. Not a takedown, uh, he knocked him down, sorry, in the end of the first round. End of the first? Yeah, so he did, because um, I just watched it. So he, mm. he basically sidestepped, and I think he did a left hook. Um, took him down. Uh, it wasn't anything major. Mm-hmm. Zombie like went back up again, but that that in itself was already kind of. I wish to know what the Korean zombies corner were talking to him because they didn't. The translator translate was it. shit. The translator, <laughs> all the translator says, "Use your boxing." Use your boxing. <laughs> yeah, that was it. It, it was I, shit. I wish to know what they were telling him because, yeah, like I said, they're not preparing for that type of fighter, mm. and they should have it. Like do something different. You know? I think he would, it was even in wrestling. I mean, even I mean, I don't know. Like at the end of the day, Ortega, Ortega is a high level grappler, high level BJJ fighter. But if you work on top, it doesn't I mean you always have advantage. And Zumbi have been working his his wrestling for a while. You know, like just trying to change things. You know, like maybe he was afraid of the guillotine, but if it's not working, the striking, do something else. You know, like he didn't try. Yeah. He didn't try. So that's the thing. Something that some MMA fighters, they, they stick too much on my grapple, on my striker. But if it doesn't work, you need to have a, you need to be able to mix. I do think he was trying. I think it was just trying to figure out what to do. Because every time he tried to step in, Ortega would either try to grab the lead leg as a, as a fake, right, to take him down. Or mm-hmm. he would do a high kick. Or he would step and do uh, an overhand right. And Zombie just really didn't know how to react to that. I mean, to that point around the takedowns, you know, Ortega did try a few times and he did stuff them. Yeah. Like, you know, there, there was a couple of um, instances where Zombie really had some good takedown defense. I think all in all, Ortega did two takedowns, um, which, you know, for someone that's quite high level on the ground, 
um, you would have expected a little bit more. But that's the thing. Ortega was always a high-level grappler, but high-level BJJ fighter, high-level ground game fighter. But his wrestling wasn't in the same level, and that's 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 what that's something what I that's something I think he missed for a long time. Mm. He focused a lot of on a lot on boxing, but he didn't focus on transitions. If he if he is a grappler, if he's his main thing is the grappling, the ground game, he needs he should focus first on ground on wrestling to mm. put the fight down, and then boxing. But anyways. The guy's there. He's well, top one, yeah. Round, He's doing now, yeah. The fuck. Oh, that was crazy. He was. I'm pretty sure. Korean zombie. He thought about the, the fight against. Yeah, uh, Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Same thing. Same. Same thing. I same mean, thing. I, I don't think it hurt him, but I think it stunned him. Because even after he got. I mean, yeah. After he, he was worried after that. Yeah, and and you look, there there were even moments in that fight, and and this is where I think the zombie should have basically made it dirty because there are times when it was dirty and um, that's when zombie was getting some some punches and some combinations in because I remember even after the knockdown um, with the elbow he stood right back up and went straight in there landed an uppercut um, so there were moments where zombie could have made it really dirty in the pocket but Ortega was really smart by stepping back his movement was just excellent you know you just there's no question that um, Ortega is, is on another level. And um, the Korean zombie uh, put out a statement, actually. Uh, I think it was translated, so it wasn't perfect. But basically, in a nutshell, he said he couldn't even remember rounds three, four, and five. And basically, he just he was so complimentary on But that's skills. normal. But that's normal. You, you don't remember. He's more yeah, normal about that. I think thing. what he meant was he wasn't prepared for that type of fighter. Like, mm. he just wasn't prepared for that onslaught of Ortega, um, which was really interesting. And I would have thought Zombie would have been a little bit more aggressive, but clearly that wasn't yeah. the case in this one. I, but one more time, I think he was really surprised with, with like, fighting a southpaw. It's weird. The game's, the, the game's changed completely when you fight a southpaw. Yeah. You know, if you, if you cannot... cannot Exposed too much. What, what, what is so match. difficult about kind of fighting a southpaw? So first, like for example, when you fight orthodox, orthodox, the jab is really is really the main punch. But when you fight a southpaw, orthodox southpaw, the jab is a good punch, but the hand is always there. The the lead hand is always very close to your hand, so you touch hands much much more often. Yeah. So you can change angle like. Okay, ideally you should change your angles off your jab for your jab, like throwing like long uppercuts, long overhands, like with the lead hands, like long hooks. Yeah. Every time you need to step to the outside, you know, like to the side of your lead foot, which is annoying. You know, you need to keep moving that way because if you go in the other in the other side, yeah. you are exposed to the to the rear hand. Counter countering the bat, the, the the cross is also a great technique, but you need to have a very good time. It's something that corner does. Like he's the best. He, this is his main technique. Mm. But he does. He have been doing it over and over again. He has a natural softball. Yeah, yes. So when you when you have an orthodox fighting a softball, it's not something that you do all the time. Yeah. You know. So that's why it's so hard for an orthodox fighter fighting a softball. In the other hand, the softball is, is like they are used to fighting like orthodox fighters. You know. So mm. it's like it's just easier for them. You know, because they can see more orthodox fighters than what you know than the opposite. So. Having said that, though, do you think Zombie should have switched the stance? Because he was very, 
he didn't even switch at all. No, not really, because that's something very, very, that's a good point. What happens when you have an orthodox fighter, like a right-handed, switching to southpaw, he can attack the offensive, the, the, the offensive parts of the game can be really good. But in the other hand, to defend, it's really tough. You know, that's something that I was impressed by Ortega because even defensively, he was doing a good job. He was, yeah. Yep. Because the hand coordination is not the same. You know, even if you're a good salt, like, even if you're, imagine you're right-handed, but you switch to soft ball stance and you have a good coordination, you attack very well, you move really well. But if the opponents pressure you, it's going to be tough, you know, to block. So in, if, if Korean Zombie doesn't practice it, if he switch, it becomes even easier for Ortega to attack him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he could he would expose even more. So what would you advise if you were in um, Zombie's corner during those five rounds? I mean, first round, I think, you know, they're feeling each other out. But let's say come second, third, fourth, and fifth. Make based it on what you've seen. Making it dirty. Like doing K. Okay, if maybe if he's not able, if he's like... When I say make a video, it's like use more grappling, but not necessarily putting the fight down. Working against the wall, pressure against the wall, doing like a dirty boxing, mm. just stopping the fight, keeping there, you know? Uh, like, that's it. Like, winning the fights, like with dirty boxing, staying there, sometimes getting takedowns, getting up, but always pressuring him against the wall. Yeah, Making I wonder if Zombie yeah. was maybe a little bit hesitant to kind of take it to the ground because of... Makes sense, makes sense. But if you, don't, if you don't want to go down... Do the grappling, but standing, putting him against the wall. Yeah, he didn't do that at all. Yeah. And even Brian Ortega's, his arms would be like swollen. So less, less power for the punch. He hits heavy. Both, both yeah. guys hits really heavy. So I would, I would try to do that. I would try to do that in the like third, fourth, and fifth round. Yeah, Ortega was try to change. Preserving his energy as well. He, he looked really fresh. He really, really good. Yeah. He didn't even like breathe heavy at all. Um, you know, he was very kind of calm and collected with his combos. One or two punches, step out, move side to side a little bit, switching stance. I, I love this fakes. I mean, when he was reaching for that lead leg, Zombie just didn't know how to react to that. Yeah. So I thought that was just really smart play. Uh, another thing that I found that was interesting is I felt like Ortega was still trying to figure out his best positioning. Because again, South, he's very good at, obviously. But he was also like going to orthodox. He was switching it up a little bit. I still think he's trying to figure it out himself. I I think his his orthodox stance is his main stance. But for this fight, he went purposely. He went on. in purposely in southpaw. You know, it was a good. It was like a strategy. It was the game plan mm. going southpaw to make him to make him confuse and maybe like. Yeah, like when you're confused, you don't really. He's like he was hesitant to throw the right hand. Like mm. you know, he is really yeah. he, he hits really hard the Korean zombie. So when he when he see a soft ball, when he faces a soft ball, he's always worried yeah. what's coming. You know, like after the, after throwing the right hand. So I mean, good strategy. Yeah, and speaking of strategy, he was very dialed into his team. You know, every time his team said go for the takedown, do a level change, everything else, he'd listen, like on the spot. So yeah. he, he was he was very 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 something very interesting. Uh, Henry Gracie says something, something like that. You know, like he was saying, if there is somebody that shouldn't be there, for example, okay, I would like to be there, but if there is somebody on your corner that can not be there, that's me, mm. because everything I know, you already know. You know, that everything the- that I'm going to say, everything in the fights that I'm going to say, yeah. at the, in the in, like you already know. 
You know, I'm just like trying to clear your mind. But all the others, they're new, they're fresh. They can give you new advice that I don't really know, but yeah. something like you're not expecting. So this is good. So if there's something, somebody that it, that shouldn't be there, that's me. That's yeah, and, and in yeah. hindsight, he was right. But then yeah. leading up to the fight, that was the biggest worry that I had because yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. first time Kendrick couldn't make it. It's the first time in his career that's not by his corner. Um, he did a recent interview with Brendan Schwab, and when he was even talking about that, Henry got emotional. Yeah, right? like you true. could really see like this was a really big deal, and you know Ortega as well coming back after two years. I'm sure. Nice story, by the way. Great. Nice story. Yeah, yeah, nice story. Nice story. They didn't know about that. So I mean, it's it's one of those things where I thought that would have been his biggest chink in the armor by having Henry not there. But the reality is his new team, um, you know, he's working with um, Anderson Silver striking coach Jason Park, his new manager Tiki, who is Rampage's manager. I forgot, I forgot he's wrestling, he was wrestling coach, hasn't he? Has, he yeah, he's focused a lot on wrestling. Even, yeah. um, apparently he even trained with Cubs Swanson as well, like leading mm. up as well. So he's, he's definitely like um, opened up his kind of training experience. Uh, apparently he visited a um, science professor and the science professor did like a very in-depth report on what he should be eating, times a day he should be training. Yeah, something I, I like what Henningers has said. He is more professional now. He used to be a fighter. He used to train. Of course, he was training like twice a day, but he wasn't really professional in terms of diet yeah. and all that. And he's an he, athlete. Now, he's right? an athlete. So he's definitely. And you can see or, he was never in a great shape. Ortega was never in a great shape. No. This time he wasn't in great shape either, but he was better. You could see his back, you know, like the, yeah. the finish on his back. He was definitely in a better shape than his previous fight. Well, I think the Max Holloway fight, I mean, obviously in terms of skill set, Holloway was was a few levels up. But actually, I think it was more his cardio. You can tell, like, Ortega was just getting way too tired in the later rounds. But it's also the game plan. Like, okay, when you fight Max Holloway, you might get tired because it's too much volume. That, that fight was insane. You yeah, know, the, 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 the reading, it was insane. Talking about shapes, I was impressed that Ortega looked much bigger than Korean Zombie. Did. did you notice? He did. He, he just physically he looked bigger. He looked, he looked, he looked more bigger, like, yeah. He looked long as well. Long. Very long. Um, he looked way bigger typically, especially for his weight class. So um, yeah, maybe yeah. he maybe that like he cut. Did you see the weight him? He he weighed him like one forty six. And I was kind of thinking that's that why he cut his yeah yeah. I, to I be honest with you, yeah yeah yeah. To be honest, I think that that is a he. Man, look, that hair, it was a long hair. 100%. He took like maybe 300 grams. Yeah, easily, more, easily. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, so this is a lot, man. If you're dehydrated, 500 grams, it's a, man, it's a fucking hell. So in terms of the rules, it's 145. But then you have... How much more over can you be? One over, one so pound alone. He was 146. That's what I'm saying. So the hair is there. If he wouldn't take the hair, he wouldn't, he wouldn't yeah. be on weight. So that's but, 100% why he cut it. But, but I don't... But when did he cut the hair? Maybe he cut the hair like... He cut it during the weight cut. Like, it was lit. He was saying... The last day? Yeah, just the, literally... I think it was the night before. Though he was cutting weight. Um, apparently, there were some issues around the weight cutting. Nothing too big. Uh huh. Um, and then he decided and he to cut it. He was basically saying like he was getting very emotional, this and that. Obviously, he didn't go into the details as what was going on. Mm. But I guess when you are cutting that much weight, typically fighters do get very emotional. He probably knew that he needed to cut some corners. So the easiest thing that he could do was cut all that hair off, right? 
And like you said, that's probably 300 to 500 grams yeah. off that weight. And the fact that he went 146 on the dot means, means it must have been Yeah. Agree, agree, and he is a heavy guy. He's a heavy dude. I, I remember. I think. I, I think. I, I mentioned that last time. I saw him on his Instagram. He was saying he was one eighty. He can be one eighty five. But you know, he's only five eight. Five ten. Five ten or five eleven. Five five ten or five eleven. No, no, no. He is. I think he's five eight. No, no. Five ten. Five ten or five eleven. One hundred percent. But that the thing is. You can see on his body, he doesn't have too much muscle, and that's not bad. That's not good, actually. A lot of people they think, oh, but you're like you see, oh, but you're like 10 kgs over, and you have no fat, so it's gonna be too tough for you. That's completely opposite. If you have more muscle, you have more water. If you have more water, it's easier to cut. Yeah. You know, so he was 185 with the high, like with the body fat a bit high. So he doesn't have too much water to cut. It's much tougher. It's much tougher, you know. So, but now, like I said, this time his shape was better. So he's gaining more muscle, you know. Like he's yeah. more lean. He's leaner. He's definitely a lot more. Yeah. Leaner. So, it should be better. So, do you think he? Uh, What's next for him? Well, I mean, there's no question he's going to be fighting for the title next year. Yeah. I mean, if you look at that division, there's no one else that really could step up to the plate. I mean, that was that fight over the weekend was the number one contender spot. Mm-hmm. Ortega deserved it, and in in some ways, I'm actually really glad that it went the five rounds versus it him finishing zombie early, simply because now you can kind of see five rounds. He's ready for five rounds. He's, he's, yeah, he's tested in all of it. Yeah. right. He didn't go for. He didn't. He wasn't aggressive. He took his time, and like I said, a very mature fight. So to me, it really does make sense for him to fight for the title next. There's no one else for him to fight. I mean, yes, you can run it back with Holloway, but this is the way. So if I'm Dana White and Sean Shelby, this is this is the way I would do it. Fight for the belt, beat Volkanovski, and then run it back with Holloway. Yeah, that's sure. gonna be the perfect. That's for thing. sure. Yeah, there's like it's a, it's, a, it's a too big fight to make before if it's not for the title. No, fighting Holloway. I think it's know. too much of a risk for, the, for Ortega because he's also for UFC, And not only this, for UFC too. It's a huge fight. Why not to make it for the title? 100%. Yeah. Ortega's a superstar in the yeah. making. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's sure. he, like, sure. young. He's young. He's been fighting yeah. for UFC. He's already like, he already has his image attached to UFC for a while. Yeah. But also just being attached to the Gracie family as well. True, kind true, of that, true, that true, roots true. of the UFC. True, true, true. I mean, you don't really have a lot of the Gracie lineage. You only have literally one direct lineage which is um who's the gracie that's fighting right now he also have that like california kids yeah, thing yeah. you know like but he at the same time he's also like his roots are from max Mac- mexico you know yeah, he speaks yeah, yeah, perfect yeah. spanish yeah he was even speaking spanish you even used the mexico flag, the flag did yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. flag so even the the walkout music was was mexican too yeah. so yeah he's very proud of his mexican heritage um i agree i mean he's a good-looking kid um, you know, he's from California. There's not a lot of big fighters right now, except maybe Nate Diaz brothers, right? Representing Cali. Yeah. Um, so, and Volkanovski, you know, he's a great fighter, but is he a great champion? And, and to be a great champion, in, in my opinion, it's not just about the fight. It's about how, how you promote, you manage yourself, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. being a champion yeah. outside of the, the cage. And, Volkanovski is very kind of um, very focused on his training. I would say yeah, he, not really focused on the outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas I think with 
um, Ortega, you can really uh, put him in movies. You can put him like you UFC him really wants him to have Ortega as a champion. For well, sure. I, I think they wanted him before the Holloway fight. I mean, leading yeah. up to the Holloway fight, he was already a star anyway, right? right? And and they were saying that if he was to beat Holloway, boom, here he is. Lost. Just lost didn't really go. Bad. <laughs> yeah, right? it, it was really bad. Um, I, I do want to see that fight again. You know, with. with him improving, I'm sure Holloway wants it as well. Because who does Holloway fight next? As Probably well? Qatar, Kevin Qatar. Is that what Qatar, it is? Qatar, Qatar. Yeah, I think so. Good fight, by the way. Qatar is the Qatar is the real deal, man. Really big for the way for the division. Fight the no, I don't think so. Holloway fighting somebody that is. Or even like, Qatar. Or no, Qatar, Qatar, Qatar. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. But yeah, I think this is. I think they'll make this fight. To be honest, or they'll 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 just like make Holloway wait for. For the winner, because yeah, it has nice. that thing. Oh, maybe a lot of people say that Holloway won the last fight. So Holloway is still number one, obviously, in terms of rankings. Uh, number two is Ortega. Number three is Zabit. Forgot about him. I forgot about him. True. Right. Cater um, is number six. So in terms of ranking, I don't think Holloway. Okay. Who? who uh, sorry. So if you look at the rankings, right? So rankings uh, on featherweight, obviously Volkanovski champion. Number one, Max Holloway. Number two, Ortega. Number three, Zabit. Number, number four. four, Korean Zombie. Number five, Yari Rodriguez. Number six, Calvin Cater. Number seven, Josh Emmett. And number eight, Jeremy Stevens. Mm, yeah, but Cater fought recently, so people have the memory on their heads right now. You know, like, yeah. they can remember him like, easily. So if I'm Holloway, you, your best bet really is to you can wait. You can just wait. You can just wait. Yeah, you can wait. You can just, just like Ortega, you wait for two years, fought once, and then he's out in the, in the, on the title fight. Yeah, you can wait. I yeah. agree. Yeah, and I think wait. it makes sense. I mean... You can just wait. And, like, even something big coming, you know, like, for example, Corners is scheduled to fight uh, Pori. Imagine if Pori goes out. Then you have... Corner versus Holloway again. That's a great fight. You think that's going to happen? Though? You think Poirier is really going to happen? It's not even confirmed yet. It is, no? No. Mm, I, think it, I think it's going to happen. It's confirmed like they both said yes. Dana said yes. They given this, but no, nothing's been I think it's yet. going to happen. I think it's going to happen. But anyways, so what I want to say is, if it's a rematch, look, think about the first fight between Corner and Dustin Poirier. How was the fight? The fight finished in the first round. Sure. Oh, Poirier improved a lot. For 100%. But think about the first fight between Corner and Max Holloway. The only fight that corner that went three rounds, I think, if I'm not wrong, until the title. Oh, th I mean... And yeah, and Hollywood's a kid. Hollywood's a kid. So if you analyze who improved the most, Holloway and Dustin Poirier, since the fight, since they fought, since they fought corner, Holloway for sure. Holloway for sure. 100%. So, and Holloway, he was the champion. Like the real champion, you know, like yeah. no, no, not the interim champion as as that's important. Yeah. So, anyways, so this fight is a great fight. This this is a great opportunity for Holloway as well. So I would in my if I was Holloway, I would wait. Yeah, I agree. And I, I would fight maybe corner if there is the opportunity. Yeah, I wonder we're gonna see Rodriguez back again because he's been scheduled to fight Zabit now for like almost two years, and every time he pulls every time out, he pulls injury. out, it's weird. This story is weird. Yeah. I mean, even at one point, remember, got cut from the UFC. That those like rumors around yeah. that, right? You no, know, he got caught. Yeah. He got cut. Yeah. So I mean, like, he left. if he doesn't fight soon, I, I do feel like he could be good. It really. Mm. I mean, it, it seems like he he's not willing to fight. 
is a beat. They I mean, like, he has to fight Zabit in order for him to rank up, right? Unless, I mean, he can't do the Korean zombie. They've already done that anyway. Um, but Zabit makes sense. Zabit sure. makes sense for sure. Zabit makes sense for sure. And now after this win, like, people are, people are saying that Zabit was going to fight uh, Volkanovski. But since he last, he didn't fight last time, the fight didn't happen. He's not as famous as Barry Ortega. For sure, Ortega is going to fight Volkanovski right now. So oh, yeah. Zabich needs to fight somebody. I mean, even if you're doesn't Ortega. Make any, doesn't make any sense yeah. to fight somebody else besides maybe Qatar. No, they are, he already beats Qatar. He already, mm -hmm. Yeah, Cater. He already beat him. So Max Holloway? I don't think Max Holloway would fight Zabich. I think the timing is perfect for Volkanovski and Ortega because they both True. just recently fought. True. And I think it's also perfect timing for Holloway as well because they've all fought around the same time, obviously, right? Yeah. And then going back to what you're saying, Holloway should wait. If Ortega and um, Volkanovski get it on around, let's say, Jan, Feb, right? And then whoever wins that fights Holloway maybe April, May, I think it's perfect. It makes a lot of sense. You know? Yeah, so Zabich needs, really needs somebody. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Zabit's one of those... He's, he's a little bit, I guess, in a situation like Leon Edwards where he's so good that no one really wants to fight him right now. And, and in terms mm. of contenders, everyone yeah. would rather go to the belt. It is, but at the same time, he is much more famous than Leon Edwards. Oh, no, no, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. No, oh, okay. Leon Edwards' problem, the main issue is because he's just not famous. He just, he just doesn't have the charisma. I actually think Leon Edwards is difficult. I think that's his biggest issue. I think like what do you mean difficult? Day, well, I mean he could fight Chimaya if he wanted to. He could fight Wonder Boy if he wanted to. No one wants to fight. Him I love what Dana White said. People are missing the opportunity to fight Chimaya. Yeah, they, the, people don't know. This. Yeah, we talked about this last time. People don't know how good is to fight Chimaya right now. Yeah. So they're missing it, and just like he Ali said. You should try it now while he still has three UFC fights. Agreed. <laughs> Two years, it will be much harder to beat him. Yeah, I mean, if you do beat <laughs> yeah. him, you're, you're basically going to be in the spotlight for, yeah. sure for that one. Yeah, I, I totally agree. So moving on to the co-main, I mean, again, great fight. Caitlin Chukagian versus Jessica Andrade. What a performance, man. I mean, Holy this is Andrade's shit. first... Uh, much, much smaller. Yeah, much... No, one... one. Just 125. No, one, she went one, up. Yeah, she's 125. Yeah, she used to fight 115, yes. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is 125. She, the, other, the, the other girl was much bigger than her. Much bigger. Yeah, but then I also thought Andrade was, I mean, she was very thick. Like, she was a lot thicker uh, in a way. And you can clearly see she was a lot stronger. I mean, I think second round, yeah, she yeah. picked Caitlin up and just threw her <laughs> As down. usual, you know, as usual, as usual, as usual. Great, great performance. performance. Um, that hook to the body. And just kept pounding it. I mean, I've I've been hit by that before, and you just lose <laughs> your, your oh my god, you just drop to the ground. So and then I the second punch, thing. same. That's a fight that I would like to see, uh, Andrade and Valentina. It would be very interesting. Yeah, I mean that the the reality is in that division, Shevchenko doesn't have any other competition. So in a way, Andrade is. Probably the biggest competitor. And, but especially because of the grappling, you know. She has the, and not only the grappling, but the, the striking style. She will move forward. She is a brawler. Yeah, you she know, is, she'll yeah. move forward. Even if she doesn't land, she'll pressure Valentina until, until Valentina got close to the wall. And then once she goes to the wall, she'll do the big slams, as, yeah. as everyone knows. So, of course, Valentina would be the favorite, but interesting fight. Well, It'd be like nice her. to see it. 
I mean, look, there, there's no one else in that division that can compete on that level. And yeah. I think Andrade definitely deserves. I hope she gets the title. I hope shot. she gets the title uh, shot too. Is Shevchenko scheduled to fight anyone? I don't think she is, right? I think she is. She was. She was. She was scheduled to fight somebody, but then she pulled off. She was. She got injured. Oh, yeah, I think she's supposed to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I don't know if they rescheduled the fight. Yeah, I mean, like I, I thought Andrade actually looks better in one twenty-five. Um, she's the first female to win in all three divisions, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, she's she's definitely making some moves. Uh, I thought she she looked really good. You know, fast. She's strong. Mm. Uh, great head movement as well. Yeah, and talking about like girls and talk about power. Did you see Cyborg? Oh, Cyborg. No, Holy I didn't watch that one. <laughs> I, I just unfair. I, I watch that one. So how did that one go? Just unfair, as usual, you know, like, I mean, just demolish, you know, right. like, demolish the girls. She was more composed, to be honest, you know, like, she didn't, not, okay, she was not, she was less, a bit less aggressive, but, yeah, she was aggressive, as usual, to get the takedown and got the, the 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 submission the forcing the last fifteen years, oh, wow. you know he's the long and she's she, she I think she, no she's not a black belt she's a brown belt, mm. but anyways high level, high level she has a high level grappling for sure, but anyways first time that she submits somebody in the, in the last fifteen years but you know, amazing performance I Just, really don't know why she went to Bellator I mean, she should have done the rematch with Amanda yeah but it's tough man it's like look at her look at her situation she won. All titles in the in the world, you know, all titles that she, all title, all title events, everything. She won everything, and her relationship with Dana White wasn't good. No, I get that. And then she has somebody, another event, maybe offer. Nobody knows how much she's making in Bellator, but well, people said she's making even more. Most in in, in women's MMA, like she's, yeah. she's getting paid the the highest. Yeah. So you're making more money. You have a good relationship. But there's no competition. There is no competition. But besides Amanda Nunes, there is no competition as well. But she even tweeted out to Dana White, "You want the biggest fight? Do Bellator versus UFC?" They, but it, you know, like it's Dana not gonna happen. Training. It's not yeah. gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. But at the same time, Amanda Nunes is kind of the same spot. There's nobody. There's nobody for her to fight. So unfortunately, it's sad for the fans. Good for them because they are so. They're so good. They are so good. They're like. Their level is so much higher than everyone else that there is no more competition for them. But that's what they should fight again. But the thing is, UFC never... Of course, Bellator wants it. No, I mean like... But UFC not allow their superstar to fight somebody that she ought to beat. Well, she should have left. Like, she, she should have done the rematch and then decide to leave after that. Because at the end of the day... But it's not... It wasn't good for UFC. Imagine if you, imagine if they do the rematch and then Cyborg wins. You know, like, the Cyborg wins. But the, then she can then say, you know what? I, I got my win back. Boom. Done. And then leave for Bellator. You know what? If, for example... That's good for hers, but not good for UFC. But I don't know that. So if Cyborg was to win again, you know Amanda would want a rematch. So you would have a trilogy. You know mm. what I mean? So in terms of business, especially in that division with the females... That's the biggest fight you can make. And mm. the fact that you can do two more fights, I think makes a lot of sense, right? If you look at like Cyborg now, I get it. She moved for the money, good for her. She's at that point in her career where she's pretty much demolished every single female fighter out there, except for Amanda. Mm -hmm. But she's got no one else to fight in Bellator. And then is her legacy then gonna be tarnished, right? After she fights for maybe another couple of years at Bellator? Is she gonna leave Bellator? For me, to both of them, if they don't fight each other, they have only one fight left. That is interesting. Kyla Harrison. 
PFL champion. Two yeah. times gold medalist Olymp- judo champion. She's yeah. trying to leave PFL because... Let me go to UFC Because, well. yeah. But she, and she used to train with Amanda Nunes. Yeah. She said, I, I used to be beat up. Beat up like she used to beat me every day. But she is that type of competitor that I, she can fight her mother. She said, I would fight Amanda Nunes. So I think she is the That's only one that can be a real challenge for Amanda Nunes or Cyborg. So, well, I, I, look, I'm pretty sure she'll end up in the UFC. Um, in yeah, the next she years. is trying. Like, she has a good, really good contract with PFL. But what happened, PFL decided to cancel this season. And she said, public, I cannot let it go one year of my career on my prime because of a pandemic. I need to fight now. I am on my prime and I don't have too much time. So, and she also said that apparently they broke the contract, you know, because she was supposed to have like certain number of fights per year. And she was trying to break the contract because of that. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if she could do I'm it. I'm sure they paid her out just to kind of just to kind sit of out, for this out. Year. But yeah, but she's the type of competitor that she's not fighting for. I mean, of course, the money is important for sure. Well, it's one of the biggest she already, yeah, she already made $1 million. She really wants to fight the big names. You know, she yeah, had, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it goes back to what you were saying earlier on. Amanda has no one else to fight. I mean, the closest... You know, they know each other very well. Well, the closest, like, outside of Cyborg, you can run it back with Shevchenko again. Third um, fight. Third fight. I mean, that's the closest. That's the closest, like. but for, for Amanda Nunes, why are you going to take that risk? You already won twice, and it was really close. A lot of people said Shevchenko really won. Yeah, a lot of people gave to Shevchenko the second, the first fight. So it was really close. So, but at the, on paper, you already won twice. So are you going to take that risk again? Yeah, but the problem is Amanda is at that point in her career where I don't think she has any choice but to kind of fight some of those fighters again. You know, she, I honestly think she should fight. She wants to retire. That's, that's UFC. That's what UFC wants to do. And they don't want to lose Amanda Nunes well, right now right. because they're, they're she's just too big. Yeah. yeah. She's just too big right now. There's just no one else out there. That, yeah. That can, you know. Cyborg has cats in Ghana. Who was the last, the last female, I think, the last, the, last, the last person to beat Amanda Nunes? She's on, she's on Bellator. Mm. Still. But. I think Cyborg should eventually come back to the UFC, run it back with Amanda. And then after that, retire. But they need to do it now because you're not that young. I think Cyborg is already 36. So yeah, if they wait still, for too I mean, long... She, no. she can still hit like a truck. Though. No, she, she's, on, she's still on her prime. But what, was, what I'm saying, she's a, she's a female. At 38, for guys, sometimes can be tough. Imagine if for a female. With so many fights. It's not only about the, the, the age, but how many fights you had. Mm. How many, what about the weight, the, 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 the weight cutting? Mm. It's so tough to, for Cyborg to make weight. Mm. So at 38, I mean, she can be on her prime still, but it's going to be tough. Mm. Interesting. They should do it now. That's the time to make the fight happen. Did you watch the Jimmy Crute knockout on uh, UFC The Fight Night? So that was the, the third fight. No, no, not really. That was a good one too. Jimmy Crute. Uh, 
Basically. Ah, the, the, the light heavyweight. Yeah, 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 I see. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My that bad, guys. Nice. Yeah, my bad. That, that was... That was I love that because the guy came to throw the lead high kick with the, the lead leg high kick. Yeah. And as he kind of did that, that the Bruce Lee step, you know, like yeah, with the back yeah, yeah. leg, the guy didn't even wait. He just went forward with the right hand. Clean. Clean. What a bomb. Very, very, yeah. very good. I mean, Jimmy Crude is definitely, I mean, he's 12 and 1. So he, he's definitely on the prospect. Rise, yeah, he's uh, definitely sure. the right. And I think uh, Daniel White was very happy with that one. So um, good round of fights in the UFC, uh, for sure. Obviously the big one next week, which we'll talk about in a sec. Uh, but moving on to another big upset, which was really a, a, one of the biggest upset in boxing history. Holy shit. Lomachenko versus Lopez Jr. And again... Uh, did you watch the fight? I watched the fight last night. Um, I'm impressed. Very impressed by Lopez. But in a way, I think Lomachenko, he kind of stepped on the gas too late. He was... No, but not only that. Since the first round, he was worried. You know, like, he was kind of... trying to figure shit out. I know he was messing around trying to download everything. And typically, Lomachenko starts pretty late. You know, he's a slow starter. Mm -hmm. Um, Lopez, what I I found interesting about the whole fight, Lopez was commanding the middle of the ring, right? He he was basically... He was the bigger man and, like, commanding, like, the shoulder roll, like, using the shoulder roll, managing the distance really well. And again, he was very kind of mature and and very... um, Not conservative, but he was... Picking a shots, he wasn't, you know, overstepping it. Uh, Lomachenko was dancing around, trying to figure it out a little bit. Uh, but Lopez was just, you know, as a younger fighter, right? He was fast. He was bigger. Twenty three years, years old, insane. You know, insane. he was fifteen. He was going there undefeated anyway. So, yeah. Um, he was touted as a big prospect. Obviously, everyone thought Lomachenko was going to win, but. Lomachenko didn't really step on the gas. Like, he wasn't really scoring rounds until, in my opinion, round until, eight. Yeah. I thought round yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know like, I mean? the first, the first, the, all, all, all first rounds were, which is Lopez. Unfortunately, like, I gave, the, I gave the fight to Lopez, but one of the judges gave the fights, like, one, it was really bad score. One of the judges. One of the judges. Just one of the judges. A lot of people thought Lomachenko won, including Lomachenko, yeah. which was a bit strange, or a draw. I, I definitely thought Lopez won. It was a close fight. It was a close At fight. The end, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but uh, one of the judges were like he gave the score. The score was a little bit weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was just impressed by you know, come round eight, Lomachenko's like, fuck, I gotta figure this shit out, right? So he starts kind of playing a little bit a little bit dirty, you can tell. Like really going in close to him, um, kind of doing a lot of the overhead kind of punches across the head. Um, but I was just amazed at how fast he was. Like, Lomachenko was just so fast. Yes. Um, and what was really interesting was just how Lopez was able to kind of counter, how able to kind of just take the punches. Manage the distance really well. Yeah, very, very smart. Very smart fighter. Um, but really there, there were some of those moments where Lomachenko was really getting in there and just laying in the combos on him so fast. I was just like, wow. Um, could have been a TKO. I know that's what he was trying to get. But at the end of the day, uh, Lopez was just way, way too... Just at, at that age, I guess, you know, 
eventually it's going to happen again it's going there this fight is going to have they're going to rematch maybe not right away but at some point because they're both young no but they're both young like lopez is only 23 (laughs) you know like 32 32 still quite young still quite young still have a long time so that's what i'm saying this for sure this fight will happen but it's interesting it's something that i think it's going to be more and more common boxing seeing fighters not undefeated I mean, Lomachenko is probably the biggest name in boxing. He is his second defeat, mm. you know. And well, if you look at Lo- AJ, like- Lopez, Lopez is still undefeated. But that's something common in MMA, especially because in MMA you have so many aspects. The game is so complex. And now it's very hard. It's very hard and it's very hard to be undefeated. And in boxing, what's going on, what's happening right now, since two things, since they took off the headgears for Olympics, Many boxers decided to move up to 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 move up to pro earlier. They're not trying to to go to Olympics anymore. Even another reason is even the the, the last the last Olympic games being canceled. A lot of fighters just turned pro earlier. So it's not you worth see, it, right? because they they think it's not worth it going amateur if there is no headgear, if there is not enough protection, you fight a lot as amateur, a lot. Mm. Lomachenko had 400 fights as amateur. Yeah. 300, I think 396, he lost four. Yeah. It's insane. So he doesn't have too many fights. He doesn't have too many fights as pro. Mm. If you compare his record to the other big names as he is, right. he doesn't have that many fights. So, so yeah, it will be more common seeing boxers coming like with big records and not undefeated. But what I love about, especially about weight division of 135, you know, maybe even 145 and 125, is how fast and quick they move yeah. uh, when they're going. I mean, it was a, like, even though, like, the first... But Lopez definitely bigger, man. Yeah, he was. He was. But, even, but I just like the speed of it now. You know, when you, when you look at the heavyweights, okay, you have, like, the main ones, like Wilder... For example, Tyson Fury mm. and AJ. Besides that, it's still a very kind of slow slugfest. But then when you go down the lower divisions, it's, it's very quick. It's um, very technical. Uh, and again, I just thought the way Lomachenko was trying to put his lead leg, put in the outside, trying to get the angles over the right was was really interesting and very technical. But unfortunately, he, he couldn't do it. So uh, credits for Lopez. Credits for Lopez. It's just a new breed now as well. Yeah. Right? You know, I think it's good it's, for boxing. It's good for boxing having these young, t- t- new stars. You know, young superstars. I think the problem with boxing is you have too many, too many divisions. For example, too many promoters. Too many man. Too many, too many know, promoters. It's, it's it boxing. just doesn't work, right? Boxing is dirty. That's the good thing about UFC. It's just that you have the UFC. Of course, you have Bellator and, and one championship, but there's one entity that's kind of. Uh, a lot of people say that's a bad thing, but I think that's a good thing because you just focus on that one kind of league. Which is the UFC, which makes it interesting. It's like once UFC start paying the fighters as they deserve, then it would be perfect, you know. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But all the rest, all the, all the rest, UFC have been doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. You you still think they're underpaid in terms of UFC fighters? Yeah. If you see the numbers, how the percentage. So now it's at ten and ten, right? Is it ten and ten now, or to just to to the show? The first fight. Yeah. First fight is 10, still ten, 10 and 10. ten. Contender series is five plus five. Mm. So they're doing a great job for you. I mean, the UFC, the company UFC is doing a great job with the Contender Series. They have, they make three fights. For example, the guy make three fights, two three fights on Contender Series. He already got famous, and he got paid like ten ten thousand if you win. Yeah. Each each, 
So he, if he win three, he go got paid thirty thousand. Then he signed to UFC, and he, then he has the first contract of three fights, ten plus ten. Mm. So have sixty thousand. So you pay the guy ninety thousand for six fights. In six fights, he can be like a star. You know, like look, look at Kimaev. It also depends how you kind of. I mean, fighting and winning is one thing, but also how you kind of promote yourself outside. Of course, of, of course, outside of, course. of the cage is probably the other thing as well. I mean, if you look at some of the some fighters, right? They get paid a shitload, but they not might not win as much, but they still get paid a decent amount. I, mean, I think Mike Perry, for example, I think he still gets you know a, a decent amount of coin for for fighting, even though he doesn't win a lot of his fights. But he definitely likes to kind of. Uh, Make the headlines. He's in the trouble, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in I'd, trouble. I'd like to see him come back. <laughs> yeah. Him and Darren Till, please, please make that happen. <laughs> I want that out, for sure. But, he, he's, uh, he's but I think it would be unfair. Huh? He's, he's scheduled to fight Robbie Lawler, actually. Yeah, no, it's not It's not confirmed, but I heard, I, yeah. I heard that. I heard so that. that. Good fight. Good fight. Yeah. To be honest, Lawler is the favorite fighter of most of... Yeah. UFC fans, you know, like so. Although yeah, lately he hasn't. But really yeah, lately he's not in his prime. He's actually, unfortunately, it's it's tough to say. But I think he's already on the way, like on the yeah. way down. Yeah. Hopefully he he gets the win. Well, I mean, actually, I want Perry to win. Yeah. I think, I think Perry. <laughs> I think you know with Perry, he's he's kind of like an up and down fighter. Right? He's very emotional. Um, he's been jumping from camp to camp, trying to figure shit out. Yeah. Um, uh, he put his girlfriend as um, the only corner in the last <laughs> fight, which is very interesting. And look, it worked for him. Hilarious what he did with... with. But I do feel like once he finds a home, um, he could be another superstar in the making for sure. You know, he, he has that mentality. He's really charismatic, you know, outside of the cage. Have you seen that video? Which one? You got lots of videos <laughs> this one. The, the fight week? We are here to put work, baby. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> People are going to bleed and somebody might die. <laughs> and, and then he gets into trouble by getting into a fight of bars and then he's in rehab and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I really hope he comes back and wins. Um, I, I do want to see the Till fight if that ever happens. And speaking of Till, he's uh, challenged... He's actually challenged um, Chimaev. Chimaev. And that's an interesting fight as well. If, um, Did you see uh, the mindset of Chimaev is just insane. So do you see him? He's in uh, Yas Island. I right? saw, I saw that, but it's like he's in uh, Yas Island. But it, like he's trying to get a fight. He said, "I want to fight." He's like, "I don't want to wait until December," and he might start like a new trend in UFC in terms of fighting much more, much more often. It's like. Every fighter wants like a camp, you know, they need to train, they need to go for preparation for a certain number of weeks and all that. But Chimaev had been doing this since he was like a kid, since he was like five years old. He used to live in front, in front of a wrestling gym wow. in Shoshenian since he was five. Wow. So he grew up doing that every day. Because of his religion, he never went out, he never drank. See, so it's like, it's, this is really his lifestyle, being at the gym the whole day, training twice, like three times a day or yeah. whatever, yeah. since he was a kid. So for him, having a camp, having a preparation for certain periods, it just doesn't make sense. That's what he shows to the public. You know, that's the image that he shows to the public. He said he was talking to Darren Tew um, by DMs. Yeah. And Darren Till was saying, "Oh, I can I can give you the chance to fight in January if I if I if I win my next fight and all that." It's like, why do we need to wait until January? I'm here in Fight Island. Just come here and we can fight. It's just like he just basically doesn't care. It's just yeah. that mentality that he's ready. He knows that he's ready and he can fight at any time. He doesn't he doesn't need like a camp. 
Yeah, but my counter argument to that is because he's on rank. True, true, you know I mean? true. Like, once that money comes in, once your money yeah, comes in, once yeah, you're like yeah, top yeah, yeah. five, top three, you're gonna be a little bit more selective in terms of who you fight. But look, that what he is right now, nobody knows if he's gonna keep that. You know. Well, no one. I mean, let's see when the UFC. What? Let's see when he renew his contract and he start making like two hundred thousand. You know, like yeah, this yeah. type of money. So. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, is he still hype or is he the real deal? Because I mean, his last three fights, amazing. But he hasn't really been tested, and I think that's the biggest thing. And we talked about that as well in the last episode. No one is. No, but the last fight to like, the last fight should be tougher. You know. Last fight was like thirty seconds. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. It should be tough. <laughs> Literally. But <one> yeah, <laughs> but Medit, you know, credits for him. Oh no! I yeah. mean, like he did what he did. I mean, he did literally what he said he was going to do. I've seen on 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 internet again. People comparing him to John Jones when he was young. It's like what 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 in terms of you can see that he's still kind of raw. He still has a lot of to develop, but everyone knows he's already like the real deal. He's already like his level right now is already like like close to the top five, maybe top five or even for a title fight. But people can see that he has a lot of to develop. So everyone everyone is scary, you know, everyone is scared about him. I think Just the, like John Jones was back in the days. I think the UFC has to be very careful because they've had instances where you would have a rising star and they would put this star into multiple fights thinking this person's going to be the, the next champion and then that person starts losing case in point Darren Till when, when Till started out everyone thought he was going to be the they put him champion. too early yeah but then you can even argue they've actually put Chimaev way too early in terms of all these fights as well right so it's it's almost a similar thing where Chimaev could be his own worst enemy where by demanding too much by saying he'll fight everyone eventually someone is going to step up and obviously it's not confirmed but it could be Neil Magny good fight it's a good test Chimayev should win that one to be honest with you um, just but it was size alone I mean he's just like I mean I, I saw him wrestle um, Gustafsson Gustafsson well, yeah Gustafsson because they train in the same yeah, yeah, yeah. In the same, like, same gym uh, same yeah. gym and it's just like Gustafsson said like this guy could take me down easily I mean? yeah. yeah so I mean Chimayev is definitely a very big and the fact that he can kind of go up and down the weight class whenever he wants to just shows like you know just how big he is but he hasn't really been tested he actually looked really big compared to DC yeah I DC saw that like, yeah even DC and was like fuck he, this guy's because he's strong yeah. you know it was hilarious the video was awesome the video was awesome so yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see who he fights it, it probably will be Neil Magny um, he has to be careful though because but I think UFC is be, the UFC is already think as you are Thinking, I think you have seen being careful. Being careful. That's the reason they didn't announce the fight still. Yeah. Because maybe they are afraid New Magna beat him and they lose their star. You know what I'm saying? It's a good fight, but at the end of at the end of the day, New Magna is a great fighter. Great rest, great great grappling, really big for the division. Probably the biggest one uh, in terms of size. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, huge, I huge. I just thought he was quite tall and skinny. No, yeah, taller and longer than Kimaev. Which Kimaev for one seventy is is one of the the the, mo, the, the, the his best thing is because he's really big. What's interesting is um, Kimaev is still calling out Maya. He still wants to fight Damian Maya for some reason. He's asking. He's calling everyone out. 
True, but he's for some reason even in um, Fight Island he was saying like I want to fight Meyer as well. Mm. I want I want to I want to test my my ground game. Uh, it's like too much of to be honest. Huh? I think it's an easy fight though. To me too, because two high level grapplers, Maya could give trouble if the fight goes down. But I don't think I just don't see this fight going down. You know, like and I see Kimaev finish the fight standing up. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So after the last fight, after that that punch, yeah, yeah. I don't I mean, see Maya Maya exchanging punch with him and being and being there. Actually, Chimaev is more of a stand up than he is um, a wrestler, right? Uh, I I think that just people trying to to to. To make, yeah, talk Sunshine to make him worth be worth more, you know. Like he's definitely a grappler. Man. He's definitely a grappler. I've been doing this shit since he was five. Yeah, you know, probably. over yeah, twenty right. years doing this over yeah. and over again. Not, it's not, guys. We're not talking about a person training grappling. Uh, I don't know in Europe. Yeah. We're talking about a guy who is training grappling since he was five in Shishenia. Yeah, it's just a different level, you know. Just like that, like going maybe you going to Dagestan. Dagestanis, right? Yeah. Yeah. What's it like training with those guys? Like I, like I just said, different level. You know, like, fortunately, I did really I, It was a great training. I did really well with the others. And then I had a, I had a Dagestani that invited me to train. Yeah. Usually, they train by themselves. You know, they don't really train with others. They have a huge group, very big group, and they stay by themselves training together, like yeah. just following the coach. They're really respectful to the coach. But not they're not really close to others. But anyways, I was training with others. I was doing a good job. I was feeling good. And one of the Dagestanis came and invited me to train. Was he bigger than you? Bigger than you. Bigger than me. A bit bigger than me. He, he was probably fighting at 170. I fight at 155. Yeah. So was a great set. Like great, great round. Really, really competitive. I felt good because I was doing with a Dagestani and it was really competitive. He took me down in the last 20 seconds. I think the round was like four minutes. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I felt good. You know, like doing with Dagestani, doing really well. But what happened is I was tired. Once you go with the first Dagestani... The second one comes in. Yeah, right? of course. They that's, just that's the watch Yeah, they keep watching you. You know, as soon as I finished the round, another one came. Nice. Uh, this one, I was already tired. No excuse, but he beat me up badly. You know, like he took like... I love wrestling. I do a lot of wrestling. Just, I had opportunity to train with Iranian that fought for the words, like mm-hmm. who used to train with Dagestani, fought Dagestanis. And I sh- even showed the guy that I trained with and he was saying, look, cause I know this guy. He is a world-class la- world level of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Anyways, it was a great opportunity to train with, with, with the, these guys. So speaking of wrestling, I mean... Um, you different know, level. They're in different level of, of grappling. But then finding out of Hong Kong, you don't really see... I, I think that's the biggest gap, right, in Hong Kong in terms of MMA training. You don't see a lot of wrestling going no, on. Unfortunately not. It's always Muay Thai. Yeah. Jiu-Jitsu is obviously really popular, but you don't... No wrestling. Yeah. So, for example, this coach... First thing that I did when I came to Hong Kong was try to find a wrestling gym. Is there and any? a boxing gym? There's no wrestling gym in Hong no. Kong. No, right? I actually even before coming to Hong Kong, I checked all the wrestling places in Hong Kong. I found a guy. I think it was American or French. He used to run a wrestling program here, but when I arrived in Hong Kong, he wasn't here anymore. Really? Fortunately, after a few months in Hong Kong, an American came to Hong Kong, and I was training with him. I trained with him for a few years, like one or two years. But then he left. And then I found a, this guy. His name is Masood. 
He's, he's from Iran. Ira- Iran. Iran. Yeah. yeah, fought for the war. So this type of level of wrestling. Yeah. He is married to a local. Mm. And he comes to Hong Kong regularly. So he doesn't live in Hong Kong. He doesn't live in Hong Kong. So he was. So when he came to Hong Kong, I contacted him. I took some private sessions with him. We got we got really close. So every time he come to Hong Kong, to Hong Kong, I train with him. Yeah. So he always talked to me, telling me what to do. I also organized a club, like uh, not a club, but I organized a group of people that like to do wrestling. People that used to train with the with Matthew, the American guy that used to teach here. So we just to keep training, to keep running. But it's definitely not the same thing as in Dagestan yeah, so or Russia. Why, why do you think in Hong Kong is um, they don't focus on wrestling as kind of part of the training? It's because even in Brazil, Brazil now have much more wrestling, but it's mostly MMA gyms. But wrestling is a, is something that people do on high school. Yeah, but in Brazil, you have jiu-jitsu as your kind of. You have jiu-jitsu, yeah, yeah. But it's like wrestling is a sport that you do in high school. You know, like even in primary school, they start doing this. Yeah. You know, like so it's something that you start doing since you're a kid. And here in Hong Kong, they just don't have it. Even Masood, Masood again is the Iranian that I train with. Right. His wife contacts like, maybe 50 schools in Hong Kong. They're they trying to, to create a program wrestling to teach school. wrestling with us, Masood and me, you know, like to, to right. manage a program for the, kid, for the schools. But the they schools, they're really afraid of kids getting hurt. You yeah. know, like it's like it's like maybe Hong Kong style. They are not really willing to put their kids to do like something more intense. Yeah, I would say. I think in Hong Kong, like especially, like you know, you look at the U.S. and, and maybe in Brazil and, and I guess in parts of Europe, in terms of like school competition, it's very competitive, right? Mm. But in Hong Kong, you know, for some reason, you know, the educational system is really focused on academics versus sports. And I think in terms of sports, the only thing that's very kind of I guess popular with the kids is swimming, in a way, right? Oh, really? Yeah, everything else, maybe basketball as well, and some football, but you're not really gonna see like jujitsu, judo, or anything like that. Yeah, one of the schools actually reaches back, asking if we could offer elastic training, kind of strength and condition with elastic, but not really wrestling. You know, mm-hmm. it was like they're not really interested well, well, in wrestling. But why? Why go to schools? Want to actually kind of you know, set up a gym, cl- like a wrestling class, like for, for adults, for example. Because I think more adults would be interested in, in so there are few, training wrestling. There really. are a few, like, I've been here, I, ha- I have been here in Hong Kong for four and a half years. When I came here, like, basically no wrestling, you know, like, no really wrestling class. But since the MMA has grown in Hong Kong, you can see few gyms offering wrestling. But th- just not many people... With the credentials to teach, to teach wrestling here, there is not a lot, a lot of wrestlers here. So yeah, that's the main thing. But you can you can find rarely, like barely, but you can find few gyms offering wrestling. Mm. But it's mostly wrestling for MMA. Mm. So did something you, that yeah. Did you hear about? Um, and just changing the subject a little bit, Hong Kong and Singapore agreeing the bubble. The bubble. Finally, something. So, uh, you could be getting a fight maybe in January. Who knows? Um, I, I might so I'm, I'm planning to do a visit if I can uh, if they Singapore open up above Singapore mm. uh, because you know where I work we have an office in Singapore and we've been talking about you know if it does open up you know, how is the situation in Singapore by the way better than Hong Kong better than Hong Kong yeah but, but similar in the sense of like they're getting low cases as well um, they're a lot more stricter in terms of um, managing how the people move around in the city so similar again in the sense of like only like four or five people per table but in Hong Kong if you're in a group of ten you can split the tables in a restaurant so you can have four 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 for example mm-hmm. right yeah. that's a loophole but in Singapore it's like nah 
only four, and that's it. I think it's four or five. Um, in terms of the curfew, I think the curfew is like 10, 30, 11 as well, so a little mm. bit earlier. Yeah, Singapore is very strict, right? Yeah, but you have to take a test, obviously, if you want to travel to Singapore. Um, so once you get there or... Be so you have to take a test in Hong Kong, which has to be certified. Um, you get a test negative, obviously. Once you get to Singapore, you show the test to the immigration. Mm. And obviously, if that goes through, then you don't have to quarantine. Um, the reality is that if you do need to take the test is if you need to take the nose test, which I do not want to do. <laughs> so hopefully by then they'll have uh, a saliva test, which is a lot easier. But the nose test is something I am not looking forward to. Dan White's videos is doing this is very nice. I mean, he's loving it. He, <laughs> he must have taken 20 by now. It's so hopefully more. like this would, I mean, like this would be great in terms of travel. You know, I think for Christmas, a lot of us do. I just to understand why Thailand is not getting them to the bubble, you know? Uh, They're suffering, man. They're suffering with no tours. Well, do you know what's going on in Thailand right now? Yeah, yeah, the protests and yeah, all that are so true. I think right now, politically, it's probably not even safe to go right now. Mm. Um, they need to figure some shit out. But I agree. I mean, I've, I've read reports, uh, read a lot of articles. Cases are so like low Phuket. there. If it keeps going, like, a lot of places are going bust. Dude, yeah. Like, Imagine if Phuket is like, maybe 80%, so I don't know the number, exactly the number, but it should be more than 50% related to tours. I would say probably even more, but I agree with you. I, I think pretty much every single gym, hotel, every, restaurant, every single right now. business is yeah. related to, to tourists. You know what's even worse? Bali. Bali now is a is, it's is closed, a man. It's an island city. because it's even like kind of far from, from the rest of Indonesia. Well, not just that. Like, So Bali opened up actually to the locals. Uh, I think it was a couple months ago. But once the locals started coming in, the cases went up Case again. Went up so that's to shut the island off again. And again, talking to like people there, they're basically saying, man, if, if this keeps going by the end of the year and that the government doesn't really help out, pretty much most businesses will be wiped out. I In mean, Bali? Yeah, I mean, there, there are so many foreign owners right now trying to sell, but they can't find any buyers, right? And the fact is that this is probably going to be going on until, I think, Easter next year. You know what I mean? Even if there's a vaccine by Christmas, it's still going to take even them. more, man. I think even longer. I, th I don't see the well, first semester. Well, they're even like, yeah. 21 is just completely gone as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame. It's, um, it's such a shame when, Cindy's those plays so nice. Well, I mean, like, even you and me in 2019, we were talking about just exploring Bali and Phuket just yeah. to kind of see what's out there. And at that time, like, it was packed, right? Bali MMA. Remember, like, all the, all the, <laughs> all the business yeah. coming up in, in, in Bali, there yeah. Were, there was so many opportunities. But then again, when, when, I mean, how lucky were we, right? That we didn't really kind of, <laughs> kind of do that, school, right? Man. It would be cool, man. It would be fucked, yeah. Yeah, it would be totally fucked. <laughs> um, and in some ways, like, I, I do believe, you know, I guess things are meant to be and, and things are destined in a way. And, and, you know, and it's a shit situation. But, but the at the same time, my rise. Like, who knows, you know, like beginning of next year, maybe there are opportunities. You know, I've been looking at some places as well. Like I said, like there, there's been some major discounts. I saw this. Okay. If I'm going to get locked down again, guys, <laughs> I am going to find a way to go to fucking Phuket because I saw this amazing villa, right? Four bedrooms, right? Mm. Roof, private pool, the whole nine yards, beach view, amazing. You know how much rent per month? Seven thousand Hong Kong. Guys, seven thousand Hong Kong. That's like. That's nothing. Nine hundred US. Seven thousand Hong Kong, for a whole month, right? 
You can rent that out for six months, for example. But guys, and look, for, for, it depends where you are from. This, this might sound a lot of money. You know, for example, in Brazil right now, because the dollar is really hot, really expensive. So this is like almost like over 4,000 AIs. So no, that's a lot. But look, when you're talking about a villa, we're talking like about like a... Mansion. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking mansion. Yeah, it's, it's like really imagining like the house of your dreams... Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so. you probably negotiate down some five thousand, but just imagine, right? Private pool, private jacuzzi, your own roof, everything, four bedrooms. When I was in Bali last time, uh what's the name of the beach? The most famous Nusso. Uluwatu. I went to Uluwatu. 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 Uluwatu guys is the paradise for the surfers. Anyways, I got a villa, Airbnb. I paid hundred US. My man. Per day, per day, guys, 100 US per day. Incredible. You know, like two. Oh, now 50 US. <laughs> yeah, no, two floors, one person coming in every day to clean the whole house, yeah. two floors, swimming pool. Just incredible, guys. You can't, you can't believe it. If, it's, 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 even, it's even tough to say, you know, it's even tough to say. Motorbikes, the view. Insane, 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 insane for 100 US. It was, I was, I, I can't, I couldn't believe when I got there. Yeah, crazy. I mean, I honestly think you're gonna see probably end of this year, beginning of next year, a bunch of people snapping up properties and businesses in, in that place just to kind of reinvest in it. Obviously, you're gonna see a lot of people trying to sell and you're seeing it right now, but I'm, I'm already like seeing like. A lot of people discounting their villas and their apartments, so it's crazy. Even developers right now, they're selling it. I saw I saw a place in Pattaya. I mean, obviously it's Pattaya, but it's a new complex, one point seven million baht, which is divided by four. Dude, it's like nothing. It's like a few hundred thousand Hong Kong for an apartment. Do you know what I mean? Like three hundred thousand Hong Kong. I mean, that's not bad. 400,000, yeah. So we're going to see uh, a major shift here. But I think in 2021, it will go down even more. Yeah, I drop even like, that's more, what I'm saying. You know? So even for me, I'm waiting right now because, yeah. you know, right now the money's still flowing. But I think once um, people start cashing out and, and leaving more, you, you'll probably see a big kind of foreign exodus with a lot of the foreign owners just selling their, their stuff, their businesses, their yeah. property, and then going back to their yeah. hometown to kind of... Save money, save money. You know what I mean. Reinvest again, and then see what. A happens. good example is this house that I'm talking about, Bali. The owner, I asked you to the, the the person that was helping us. The owner is from Australia. Yeah. So he has a mansion in Bali, just for holidays. Yeah. So, during this situation, you not keep a house like that for nothing. Yeah. You know, exactly. Like there's no people. Like there's no people coming. He cannot use. There is no one renting. So what's what's the point to keep it for like two years? Yeah. Close. Tough times. Tough times. Real tough times. So we'll see what happens. I, I really do miss the beach and you know, hopefully But Hong Kong is a great, great place to be, yeah, man. Yeah, go to go to Sai Kong. Look, if there's anywhere in the place to get locked down, obviously if you can go to Thailand that would be nice. But you know, being in Hong Kong this year, you know, I'm very grateful for how we've handled the whole True. COVID situation. True. Um, you know, we've never really been locked down. We can still move around quite a bit. You know, like you mentioned in the last episode as well, the good thing about being in Hong Kong is you have a hiking trail right next to you. You have a beach as well down the road. There's places to explore. I'm, I'm grateful for that. But then we are approaching winter. And I, <laughs> I'm not a fan of the cold. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do want a beach. 
Um, and going to a beach in December, January in Hong Kong is not very fun. So yeah, true, true, true. true you know, true. hopefully maybe Singapore, for camping. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people. So I, I know a few people that have been camping already in Saigon. They say it's quite fun. I did it. Oh, you did I it. I did. I did. I did. I did. Uh, not this. You just said that you went hiking for the first time last week, and now you've been camping. You no, camping? no, no, not not this year. I did it like two years ago. One really? one two years ago. Well, we we were we were supposed to go to Taiwan. But unfortunately, the waves were too big. Mm. And is we this went, winter or is this summer? That's, that's what I want to say. We went around September. or It was still hot. That's something I want to do it again because it wasn't nice as I was expecting. Just the fact, it was nice. But just the fact it was still hot during the night. Yeah. You know? So I want to do it again. Now is the perfect time. It is. Perfect time. Perfect time. Yeah, the perfect time. So I really want to do it again. But this time to Tyler one. Thailand one is just much nicer mm. than the other beach. The other, the other island was nice. I forgot the name of the beach. It was the only one possible to go at that day because of the waves. Oh, really? So it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, I'm going to try it out. I mean, if we're going to be stuck here in Christmas, you need to figure out what to do. I mean, <laughs> I mean there's only so many hotels you can stay at, right? And there's so many deals you can get. But Much cheaper, point. right? Yeah, it's, it's getting cheaper. Like it's getting cheaper, but it's still very expensive, guys. Hong Kong is still expensive. Yeah, I mean, you can still get like a decent package for eight hundred to a thousand, including like food and everything else, which is okay. I mean, like it's so cheap or something. But look, compared to what you're talking about, Bali, eight hundred to one thousand, guys. Oh, that's about like one fifty. That's about one fifty US. Yeah. So remember yeah. the one hundred US like villa that I got in Bali, like two floors, swimming pool, that a guy true. working for me. You that know, so when you compare that, it's like, what? Fuck. That is true. <laughs> but there's nothing else to do in Hong Kong. I think that's yeah, the issue, course. especially in Christmas, right? So you know, hopefully Singapore is an option, but we'll see I what see. happens. You know, with the tests and everything else. All right, folks. So this is going to be a new kind of, I guess new way of doing Fight Club Asia. We're going to try and do two episodes a week. Yeah. So one on Mondays, one Wednesday where we kind of Thursday. basically go over the fight over the weekend and then yep. we can do one on Thursday, Friday where we kind of break down the upcoming fights. Break down the coming fights. So it could be Gaethje. Woo! Right? It's about to go down. Cannoneer Whitaker. Cannoneer um, Whitaker. Yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, what a fight. It's definitely going to be... Let's a, see how it goes. probably going to be one of the best... The last best fights of the year, right? I mean, Khabib and Gaethje, there's nothing else after that. It's really kind of that exciting. No, there is like January, December 12. Uh, it's not confirmed there, right? It's confirmed. Who's Amanda Nunes, which is, shouldn't be fair, but the common event, the common event will have Sterling and Peter. Peter oh, that'll Young. be a good one. Yep. But you see, that's more of a like, if you're a hardcore fan. I feel like Four Earths. You know, Four I mean, is good, really yeah. really like, you know what I mean? But in terms of the casuals, like the Gaethje and, and um, Khabib one is probably the biggest one you can get this year. No, that's for sure. That's, that's sure. going to be a banger for sure. That and like, I'm looking forward to see what's going to come, what's coming next after the fight. You know, like, because it depends of the, depending on the result, so many things can happen. Yeah, this So sense. many things can happen. Like the next week, We'll be like, we'll 155 blow. is probably the most complicated and the most competitive division, sure. I think. One, 155 and 135. Yeah. Yeah, 60, I mean, you're right. I mean, depending 17. on, I mean, depending on which way it swings, and I think we can all assume it's going to go one way, but who knows, right? We, we don't know what's going to be the follow-up, and if Connor's going to fight Poria in January as well, that's going to dictate a lot of things as well. I think Cormier says it best that if 
Uh, Connor wins the Poirier fight. It only makes sense for him to fight for the title next. Mm-hmm. But we can discuss that on our next upcoming episode. Yep. So with that said, um, thank you, everyone. I think this is a much better one. Than yeah, yeah. Two. This time we tried. We didn't really plan, guys. We just, we just, we just flow. Yeah. So just like the first one. It was thank good. Thank God it went a lot better. <laughs> so, um, enjoy your week, everyone. Stay tuned and hopefully all the we'll best, guys. Cheers. Right, guys. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye. Boom.